North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Well, Gary, back on the podcast again. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. Uh, yeah, another one this week, and looking forward to uh, talking to our interviewee today. Yeah, this one's um, quite cool, who we're talking to you today, young lady who's done some really amazing things with her life. Um, yeah, and actually we had her father on last week, so if you listen to Barry Wilson, you might be able to figure out who it is. But yeah, no, you've been getting good feedbacks about the podcast, everyone's. Yeah, no, there's um, increasing numbers listening, and so yeah, we certainly encourage people to share the uh, the podcasts with others and make sure that uh, people are aware of them. Um, they can be listened to any time, which is the good thing about them. So uh, yeah, just encourage people. To um, go online and uh, you can access them from our Facebook page, North Otago Legends, and um, you know go to the through through the links there to the interviews. So, yeah, well worth listening to. I'd like to do. We want to do a shout out to anyone that's been listening from overseas. So you you're born and raised in North Otago, maybe went to school here, and then you had to move overseas. So if you're listening from any countries around the world, jump on Facebook, say who you are, say where you're listening from, and we'll give you a shout out to you guys. Um, yeah, I know there's a few people I went to school with that have been listening, and um, yeah, so it'd be good to find out who we were reaching and who's listening. Indeed. So let's get on to this week's. Yeah, today I'm going to um, introduce everyone to Christy Jennings, and now uh, she was Wilson. So many of you will remember her. In 1999, um, she put New Zealand, uh, Omaru on the map, and she was, I believe, the first person from Omaru, North Otago, to be crowned Miss New Zealand. So that's pretty cool. Hey, Christy, how are you doing today? Hey, good, thank you. And you? Yeah, not too bad. Where have we caught you at? Where are you based at the moment? I'm based in Wanaka. So um, I've just come back. I've just been coaching a strength class. So I've um, just popped back in home now. So you do a bit of um, physical training, uh, you know, personal training and so on? Yes, yes. So um I have just recently um, become a qualified sports coach, so I just do that, and it's it's not really um, as an income thing so much as a thing that I just enjoy doing. Um, nice to get in amongst the community and meet a few people. Yeah, because you're certainly you know you're, you're making uh, you're doing a lot more in that area, aren't you? With um, you know getting into uh, adventure races and so on, which we'll talk about more shortly. Um, but you know, let's let's go back to the start. So. Tell us a bit, a bit about where you were born and, you know, when, when did you come to Wamaroo? Yeah, I was born in Cromwell. Um, Mum and Dad were living in Wanaka um, and that was the, the closest hospital. So that was where I started. Um, I spent a couple of years in Wanaka before uh, Mum and Dad moved over to Omaru. Um So naturally I followed um, and then went to school, uh, primary school at Oamoa which is no longer, mm-hmm. uh, and then we moved out and I went to Totara School uh, for a few years and then spent my high school years at Waikahe Girls. A lot so, of good people come from Totara School. I know that much. Absolutely, yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know your father, was well, shared he can 
go back like three generations in this land in North Otago, and I think your mum's the same. So we're claiming you as a local girl, even though you were born in Cromwell, you're, you're pretty much Omaru raised and, and from, from this area. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely what I would have said was home, um, for sure. So you've, you've, you went through Waitaki Girls. Um, how, how involved in sports and so on were you during those years? Yeah, it was interesting because um, my sister rode horses. And so I think because of her doing that, I got into horse riding as well. So I really didn't get a chance to experience too many other sports um, during my high school years, which I look back now and I think if I hadn't have been riding horses, I probably would have done a lot more sports. So it's um, just interesting the way life sort of turns out. Um, so, yeah, I sort of picked up everything a lot later on in life. And I know you tried your hand at rowing? I did, yes. I did a few years of rowing yeah. and absolutely love that sport um, and have looked at the potential of getting back into it at some point. I know here in Wanaka they do have a, um, a rowing club, so there's still the potential that that might happen again. They've got a very successful, very good um coaches and um, crews in Wanaka, um, really good um, outfit there. So, yeah, if you do, and back into the Masters rowing, there's something Gary knows about. He did a wee bit of Masters rowing in his, back in the day too. Yeah, oh, as, as a novice rower, so it was really interesting. I guess people who have been doing it for many years. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a great sport and one one that you, um, a bit like horse riding, you, you do both of them sitting down. So that was always quite comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, big challenges. So, yeah, you, you went through school. So were you very academic um, and during your time at school? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I preferred to be sitting there writing notes to my friends than doing too much schoolwork. Um, but, yeah, I was probably maybe more intelligent than I let myself um, <laughs> show, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it was quite um, some time after leaving high school that I actually went to university I think I had about three years in between. Right. Um, and finally I made the move and knuckled down and actually put some hard work in, um, which I'm pleased I did. Oh, that's <laughs> good. So, so any teachers that stood out during your time at Waitaki Girls? Um, oh, I haven't thought about um, school for quite some time, actually. But, yeah, I had a great time there. Um, I really enjoyed having lots of good friends and, and all the opportunities that, passed my way and things. It was, um, yeah, a really good good Excellent. school to be at. Good. So and probably the thing that put you on the map while you were here, though, was winning Miss New Zealand. So first of all, you, you entered Miss North Otago. How did that come about? Yeah, so I was working at Cooper & Hunt Central at the time. Um, this wasn't too long after leaving school. Um, and someone came in and asked if I would do it. And my initial answer was no, not for me. Um, then it came around that they were one girl short of being able to hold the competition. So naturally, I said, well, <laughs> I don't want you not to be able to hold it. So I agreed to, to jump on in, never really thinking about anything further forward than, than that. Um, so, yeah, when it came time to actually winning, I really didn't know what, what was ahead of me. Um, so, yeah, after winning, I went down and Miss New Zealand was held in Dunedin that year. So going down there, I was very unprepared. Um, my background had not really been about maybe my image much. I was 
very much I had been a horsey girl um, and and then I'd been into rowing, of course. So, yeah, it wasn't really where I was at at the time. So going down there, I felt very much out of my depth with all these girls that had wardrobes and um, coloured hair, which yeah. at the time I did not have, and makeup and all the rest. So it was all very new to me. Do you um, think that worked in your favour? Um, I to a point it did. I know, speaking to the judges later, they kind of liked the idea that I was probably quite down to earth. Um, so, yeah, it, it may have actually um, played into my hands quite nicely. So you didn't think you're going to win Miss North Otago? You won that, and you headed down to Dunedin, not knowing what to expect. Talk us through the, what you were feeling, and then all of a sudden they name you as or crown you the winner. That must have been an amazing shock or, you know, a surprise for you, thinking because you only entered a competition to help out and now you're at the pinnacle. Yeah, it was quite funny because during the rehearsals, they had been telling us what the winner would need to do once they were announced. I didn't even listen. I honestly had no idea. I was, uh, I don't know what I was thinking, probably thinking about, the, the next exciting adventure in my life. But um, so when they announced my name, I had no idea what to do. So someone had to come on stage and actually take my hand and leave me because, yeah, <laughs> of course, I hadn't, I hadn't listened to any of the instructions. So it was really um, genuinely something that I thought was not at all possible. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any of the girls had sort of thought that that would um, pan out that way either. So the other so, girls didn't yeah. think you were a competition? I don't think so. Um, you know, there were a few of them who were models and stuff already and they knew what they were up to. Um, I was just a, a girl from Omero. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, sort of the girl next door, you know, the natural person is uh, the thing that helps helped you get through. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, the whole The whole production was a lot of fun, really. Uh, lots of dressing up and dancing, and um, I really enjoyed a lot of that. Do you remember what your speech was about? Because you have to make you know, answer answer a few questions and things, don't you, along the way? Yeah, we did answer questions. I think probably the part that um, that maybe probably sealed the the win was having the interview, um, which was just sitting down with the judges, and it's just sort of having a having a chat. And I think that might have been the part that um, that sort of yeah won them over maybe. Oh, well done. So so you're crowned Miss New Zealand, and then you probably find out a lot more about actually what you've got to do from there on. You know you've you've yeah you, you're committed, I guess, to uh, the next stage. Yeah, there was a very short time frame between winning Miss New Zealand and the Miss Universe competition in Trinidad and Tobago. So I didn't have very long to prepare. Um, and so it felt like a very rushed few months of sort of just um, running from here to there. And I was going down to Dunedin all the time for some model coaching and, and how to, to walk properly and um, the rest of it. So it was a fairly busy, busy few months. Um, and then heading over uh, was amazing to be around all these girls from such diverse backgrounds and not all of them were, um, I guess, the um, stereotypical girls. There were all sorts. And so um, I actually had uh, a best friend that I made over there who was Miss Sweden. She was 
down to earth and such a lovely person. And I've actually recently just made contact with her again, which is rather nice. Um, But, you know, there were the girls with the the plastic surgery and, you know, there was was everything over there. Oh, so they already had plastic surgery and... That's right. And this was quite early on in the scheme of things. So I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, because it was something that, you know, I felt I'd probably been very sheltered from. Um, and as I said, I hadn't even been dyeing my hair or, you know, makeup was pretty new to me. So it was, um, yeah, all very much an eye-opener. So did, did you have to pay your own way over the air or was that included in the winning prize, a ticket to Trinidad and Tobago, or how did that work out? You know, I don't actually remember um, what the ins and outs of it were. Um, yeah, I don't, I think, Everything was just such a whirlwind at the time. Yeah. And mum and dad stepped in and just took care of a lot of those sort of details. Um, so but I, I think I think they were covered, um, but I couldn't confirm. Yeah. I think that was during the time, I think the, the owner of the this Universe franchise was um, Donald Trump. Um, did you get to meet him? I did get to meet him. Um, he actually came up to me. Uh, in the the changing rooms when I was getting my hair and makeup done and specifically came um, to talk to me. And I think because I was Miss New Zealand and he at the time was dating a New Zealander, Kylie Bax. So, yeah, it was was quite nice that he had approached me. Um, And it was just a a very general chat, really. Um, How are you finding things and um, and, and the rest. So, um, but yeah, it was was good to have had some interaction uh, given what, happened later on in his life. Yeah. Not many people say that he met and talked with the President of the United States of America. And uh, did you find him he was okay? He wasn't brash or bold or he, he seemed pretty genuine or...? Yeah, I mean, he was perfectly nice um, to me. I, I guess, um, yeah, I don't really... I didn't really have any other um, perception of him at that time, um, yeah, other than just being the owner of of the franchise and, um, yeah. So any, any other characters amongst the, the contestants or, you know, around the, the contest itself that uh, you've got particular memories of? Um, I don't really, I can't really think of anyone who specifically um, stuck out. I just remember at one point going into um, one of the bathrooms in Trinidad Tobago and it was just bats everywhere, just bats hanging down and, something I'd never, ever seen before. And I remember one of the girls going in there and just screaming. <laughs> um, and then we're all racing on in there and there's just bats flying around. But um, that's one of, the, one of the memories that sticks out in my mind and probably yeah. because I found it quite amusing that um, everyone was running around screaming. You would have been probably the best prepared out of all those girls to deal with that. You would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother me at all. <laughs> yeah, Dad being a hunter, a gatherer, yeah. a type, and you've probably been dragged around the hills in North Otago. Oh, it's just a few bats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so you, you've so you're still friends with Miss Sweden, so that's great. Um, was there any other ones that you did have good friendships with for a time afterwards? Yeah, probably not really that we kept in contact with. I guess this is before social media and um, things like that. So making contact with someone was much more difficult. You know, there wasn't emails. And um, so other than having to pick up and make an international call um, or write a letter, there was no real other way. So I think if I was to do it now, 
things would be much different um, and there would be a lot more contact kept. But, yeah, I have been able to obviously track down Miss Sweden, but um, I don't even know how to track down some of the other girls I was friends with. Yeah. Probably like yourself, the, you know, they're married and change their names and it just gets really That's tricky. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're actually showing your age a wee bit there with, you know, no, yeah, no social media <laughs> back in the day. It's only been around, around like 10 years or something, isn't it? Yeah. Something. <laughs> um, back in Gary's day, they used to use pigeons and smoke signals, so he understands what you're talking about. Oh, how we've progressed. Yeah. So, so tell us about um, you know, you've, you've finished up the the the, uh, the contest and you headed back home. What was life like when you got back? Yeah, I guess that's when I probably started to struggle with things a little bit. Um, I found it really difficult because it was really out of my comfort zone for me um, to be labelled as something like Miss New Zealand. People's perception of what I would be like were to me quite um, far off the mark. Um, so people assumed that I was going to be quite, I guess, ditzy, um, didn't have a brain, and um, you know, all I cared about was what I looked like. So I kind of actually, um, well, it shaped my life at that point because I made sure that I was kind of bucking everyone's expectations. So I remember I went potato picking because I wanted to have my hands in the dirt and just people to see that actually I'm happy getting my hands dirty um, that perception was incorrect that people were having and I worked down at McRae's gold mine and then um, decided right I'm going to go to university um, to show people that I actually have a brain mm. so it was interesting how it actually made um, or sculpted my life for me um, in a way because there was some very cruel comments that came my way during that time um, and so it probably toughened my skin up a lot as well, um, and I learned how to let those comments bounce off. Yeah, it's good, you know, utilising that as motivation to, to prove people wrong, I suppose, but push you in a direction that um, led you on to a different life than you, what, what you would have had. And I yeah. guess, too, with you, you never used that, so you never ran around telling people you were Miss New Zealand or you never tried to leverage that for anything for that's what you know it's kept you humble and it's kept you grounded you know and you're probably if how do you go if people bring that up nowadays do you sort of get a bit embarrassed or it's just part of your history yeah it's funny because for so many years i kept the big secret and my friends knew not to bring it up and yeah um it's not till probably quite recently that i'm quite happy to openly talk about it um and but I, once again i would never tell anyone um but when people do ask me about it i'm pretty happy to to sort of chat but there was a period i guess where i didn't even really want to acknowledge it uh, because of that that whole image perception thing so um and i it was interesting because i applied for a job and this is after i've been to university and my um employer he employed me and then we we're having a chat one day and i um it came out about miss new zealand and he said to me do you know if you'd put that in your CV, I wouldn't have interviewed you. I was like, oh, is that isn't right? that amazing? Isn't mm. that interesting that, yeah, you know, someone, about, yeah. yes, it can be actually a negative thing. Um, and, yeah, really, <laughs> a really unfortunate <laughs> thing that, um, you know, uh, people assuming once again that, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to be out there toughing it in the environment that I, I was at the time, which was working in a 
um, in a, a lime works and actually a regional landfill <laughs> walking around amongst waste with a hard hat and some steel caps on. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I can probably understand his concerns slightly, um, but, yeah. yeah. So what, what did you study at university? Um, so I studied, I did a Bachelor of Science, um, and I was studying geology, geography, and Antarctic science, um, and I ended up majoring in ge- uh, geography. So, yeah, that mm. led me into um, doing uh, resource consent planning. So I now have a consultancy, so I just work for myself, um, as a planning consultant. Right. Just mainly based in Central or do you go further afield? Yeah, most of the work's based in um, Wanaka, Cromwell, um, Queenstown. But, yeah, I have taken on a few. I've got one in the North Island at the moment that I'm doing. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, something that's much easier to do in your own region just because everyone's district plans are quite different. Yeah. Yeah, I understand the region. So so you you've been doing that since that? You know, since those days, um, and working for yourself, um, you got back into sport along the way, or were you doing a bit of sport all, all, as you did all those things? Yeah, I had taken up and a lot more sport, I guess, uh, after the whole Miss New Zealand thing. I started running and, and riding bikes and things, um, and then it wasn't until after I'd had my second child. So I've got two children. Um, Taylor, a boy who's uh, about to turn 13, and Zara, my daughter, who's about to turn 11. So after she was born, I um, felt like I needed to do something for myself, which I think a lot of parents or a lot of mothers feel too, specifically, um, that I just needed to to do something. So I had a little bit of time just myself and some goals and things. So I decided I wanted to tackle one of my biggest fears, which is a fear of water. So how better to do that than to try and enter your first triathlon? So here I am. I decided to sign up for the Cromwell Triathlon. So this swims all of 300 metres in the lake, but terrified me. I just couldn't think of anything worse. So I found someone um, in Monica who was going to help me. So she takes me into the pool, the local pool, and worked out that I couldn't even touch the lines on the bottom of the pool. I was that scared. Um, And it was objects in the water. Uh, So (laughs) interestingly, I figured out that things like pipes or a tire in the bottom or um, even a glass bottle in the bottom of the lake, I kind of get strange about. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes absolutely no sense um, as to why I've got this fear. Um, So anyway, we decided to tackle this head on and um, she was just so patient with me. So this was probably about a few months before the Cromwell Triathlon. Um, so anyway, I, I did it. Um, I survived. I hated every moment of being in that water, but I did it. So then naturally I thought, right, what's the next thing? So I decided to enter the um, Mototapu Xterra. So during that race, I, um, I actually did really well and came out winning it, which then qualified what's me involved for, in that race? So the Xterra is an off-road triathlon. So in this particular case, it was a two-kilometre swim, uh, I think about a 40k mountain bike, and it might have been around a 17k mountain run. So your second event and you won. Yes, I did. So then, yeah, that qualified me for Xterra Worlds in Maui. So off I was. All of a sudden, I'm heading off 
um, to swim in a surf beach in Maui. Um, so <laughs> I really just had to dig down and, um, and keep progressing on the swim front. Oh, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I finally get over to Maui and I remember just sitting on the beach and just tears started to roll down my face. There was just these massive waves and people just getting stuck, either not being able to get through the waves to get out or being stuck out there trying to get back in and being smashed by them. And, oh, it was horrific. But anyway, I carried on and um, made it through. So um, then continued on with the Xterra. So... Uh, it was a couple of years after that, I went back to Maui and I won. So that was probably my biggest achievement was winning Xterra Worlds. Um, so that's, that's really not, what... Let's not just gloss over that. That's a huge <laughs> achievement. Yeah. I just won yeah. Xterra Worlds, you know, best female in the world. Um, that's amazing. What did that involve? What's the swim run cycle? How long... Yeah, so it was a 1.5 swim um, at a surf beach. So there were big waves um, and uh, currents and all the rest of it. So they, they don't want to make it easy. There's nothing easy about doing Xterra. Uh, so, and then you get into the mountain bike and you're off and you're up. It's really interesting. It's a disused um, golf course and it's all overgrown. You're biking along and all of a sudden you see all these golf balls hidden in the ground or there's like a... Um, some water pipes and all sorts going on, but it's fully overgrown. So you're kind of pushing your way through all this tall um, grass and vegetation uh, up the side of a volcano. Mm. But absolutely amazing. And then the run was very similar as well, steep and um, and obviously very hot, which I hadn't been around much, the, that humidity. And you're doing this surrounded by elite athletes from, what, around the world? Yeah, yeah, so um, after that, I actually um, started being a, a pro athlete. I um, did a, the uh, Asia-Pacific tour um, as a pro athlete doing Xterra, um, but it was something I was never going to be able to compete with um, the remainder of the girls, given the fact I had two kids and I was still working, um, and I was on the older side as well. So I really didn't have a hope of um, sort of being able to sustain things. But it was amazing doing it for a year um, and learning so much from that. So I sort of came back from that and then actually COVID then happened. So a lot of my races were being cancelled. But I was looking at doing some road racing after that. So I did um, Challenge Wanaka here and was successful at that. So I won, I won that as well and then thought, oh, maybe road racing for me. But then with all the cancellations, I've never actually got any further with that. Um, so then all of a sudden I had this idea, hmm, maybe I'll do one of the toughest races I know, which was God Zone. So the next thing was to sort of see if I could pull a team together. So my partner, he was he was keen. Well, he wasn't actually for a start, I must say. Yeah. I convinced him. Is he a I him. guru as well? So he had never really done much. Yeah. He hadn't done anything for, for years, so... Um, there was a lot of work to be done. and <laughs> Dragged him yeah, out of retirement. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we managed to get a team together and and headed in. So that was quite an exciting time. So the rest of your team, were they locals for you over there in Wanaka? Yes. So um, we had Dan Cullen, who's a teacher at the high school here. He teaches outdoor pursuits. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Aubrey, who is – 
he actually grew up in Omaru as well. They were out at Altavati. Yeah. So Henry and Jude Aubrey. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, ended oh, up with good. him and the team as well. So, um, yeah, it was a great wee, t- wee team. And um, the oh. three of us hadn't done it, but Dan had been in it a few years back uh, when it was in Wanaka. So he was our experience. So this is the most recent God Zone, is that right? Correct, yes, it how, was. And how did um, you go in the end? Uh, yeah, so we surprised ourselves a lot, actually. Um, I, because I do have a competitive size, I was sort of aiming for a top three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, winning it was kind of an absolute bonus, really. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty cool, like, to cross that line, knowing we were the first team um, for the pursuit. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool. Oh, that's pretty is, is awesome. Is that the one that Richard McCaw enters every year? Yes, correct. It was is. he in it this year? He was, and they pulled out in the first stage. Ah. Um, yeah, uh, one of their teams had an earache, I think, and so they, yep, they exited. Because mm. there's so much there even I didn't know about you. You're, you're, I think you're a real dark horse. Uh, I think I think what it is is I find something and then I'll do everything I can to make it happen. So there'll be something else, and I haven't quite figured out exactly what it's going to be yet. What but the next there'll be another project soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, you've certainly shown you can succeed at all different sorts of things so far, and um, obviously surprised. I guess the the opposition is along the way, whether whether it was yeah. those professional model. Girls in, from Auckland, um, or, or the uh, elite athletes in Maui, uh, you've achieved some pretty amazing feats. So, so well done on that, and I'm sure you'll Thank be you. doing more. It's just good to see where a young girl from North Otago grew up in North Otago, went to Waitaki Girls, where you can get to if you set your mind on it. So now you own your own business. You've won. You've been a professional athlete. You've won competitions, and now you're looking for your next challenge, which could be. I'm in Mount Cook, or who knows? <laughs> who knows what it might be? But yeah, I I think what um what sort of resonates with me is that sometimes adversities or um things like your fears, yeah. when you turn them around, they actually become your success. Mm. No, well done on that. Life and, coach. Uh, Maybe you could be a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? <Yes. laughs> So do you get back to North Otago much, see the parents and things like that, or are you fond of the era? Maybe you move back one yeah. day and start a business in North Otago and bring all your skills here? Or? I definitely love going back and seeing um, mum and dad and my sister and her nephews. and oh, um, and my nephews. Yeah. Yes, yes. So um, I really do like that. And it's great being so close. You know, it's only a two-and-a-half-hour drive over. So, um, yeah, it's you always nice. You could probably run it in five <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. And um, yeah, Barry tells us he's he's got got the camper van, and uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be travelling around. No doubt they'll be popping over to Wanaka on a regular basis to, to catch up with the grandchildren. Right. There. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yes. No, the grandchildren can't wait whenever um, whenever they head this way. They get very excited. <laughs> very good. Yes. Um, yeah, well, just really impressed. Just thanks for chatting with us today. Really good to hear what you're up to. And, um, yeah, just um, we're always looking for good stories on the podcast. And uh, just 
some of the things you've done. You've you've been around the world competing in different events, and um, and you come back and you're still a humble, you know, North Tower girl that's doing good things. So thank you for talking to us today. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks very much, and um, we look forward to uh, having this broadcast and for people to be able to listen to some of the the tales of you know another local girl who's done really well. Hopefully people will listen, Gary, and be inspired. Like, yeah, if you set your mind to something, if you have a phobia or a fear of something, there's no reason why you can't overcome it and then um, go on and do great things. Yeah, no, turning that into a challenge to actually overcome and yeah. uh, you know, succeed so well. It's, it's just absolutely impressive. So thank you very much, Christy. All the very best to you for what happens to, in your life from here on. But uh, you were just in awe of what you've already achieved. So well done. Thanks so much. All right. We'll catch you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.